Welcome back, friends. This is Caleb Cray Haynes. I'm your host. Welcome to the Eco Christian Podcast, where we are exploring what it means to be Christian on planet Earth. I'm releasing this episode a day early because it's Halloween. And in this episode, I need to give a bit of a warning because if you already suffer from eco anxiety and that sort of thing, this may not be the episode for you. You know, so Halloween, this time means kind of a variety of things for people. Usually though, for us today, it revolves around scary masks and jack-o'-lanterns and eating too much candy and that sort of thing. So kind of a complete side note, I'm not sure about where you live, but in Nashville, the trunk or treat scene is out of control. I mean, literally, it's not Halloween yet, and my kids have gotten ridiculous amounts of candy from just a couple of trunk or treats that we've gone to. And honestly, one of those we didn't even, we weren't even going to. We just like stumbled upon it in a parking lot. <laughs> and that's like half of the ones we were invited to. So it's the, the candy companies have got us, guys. When I was a kid, we got we got candy on, on Halloween, right? Just this one time we went trick or treating. It's the game has changed. The game has changed. So candy coming out of our ears. I recently saw this meme, which I thought was pretty funny, you know, in sort of connection with all the trunk or treats that churches are doing. And it just said, Jesus knows your trunk or treat is really a Halloween celebration. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. But one of my favorite parts, actually, of this season, honestly, is, is scary movies. I kind of get into scary movies, although no one really wants to watch scary movies with me, at least around my house. But I like the good ones, right? The classic ones. Are you with me? Like, and, and, and a lot of them are just for fun, like something to jump at, something to laugh at. But I even like Hocus Pocus, right? I mean, classic. Although my kids prefer things like Spookly the Square Pumpkin, <laughs> which, no comment, if you can make it through it. Uh, you know, and my wife has been trying to get us to watch Slother House. I mean, two words, killer sloths. That's all you, I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But here's the deal. We aren't used to having to take these things very seriously because our culture has told us that if something scares us, it's, it's funny or for our entertainment value. In other words, we're not used to grappling with terrors as if they were real. The only way we actually get to sleep at night afterwards is through the subconscious mantra of, that, that was just a movie. That was just a movie. A few years ago, my wife and I went to a Halloween party, like you do, and I dressed up as an escape room because I thought it would be funny. And, and I actually would like handcuff people to myself and then they had to figure out a number of clues in order to escape. Which I thought was really fun, but apparently some people thought it was awkward. Don't know why. <laughs> but my wife comes out uh, in her outfit, and she's dressed as climate change. Wearing these environmental factoids and lightning bolts and so on. But I gotta be honest. It was just a little too real for me. See, what is occurring environmentally on our common home right now? on planet Earth, is by far the most terrifying thing that humanity has ever encountered. Which 
if we're honest, I think that's exactly the reason that so many Westerners don't take it seriously. Because again, when something is terrifying, we're used to being able to sort of shrug it off and say, glad that isn't real. Because if this is real, there are some real scary consequences. And further, confronting this means altering our lifestyles, changing the way we interact with the world. And for some of us, nothing is more frightening. If this is real, well, that changes everything. If climate change and all the environmental woes we hear about are real, that can be truly terrifying. So it's easier for us to just kind of shrug this off or to discredit the scientists or play the Jesus is coming back soon card. It's easier to scapegoat climate change into politics, right? To talk about the liberals or the green agenda or the quote tree huggers because it feels just too terrible to be real, to give it that much authentic attention. When I was a kid, I used to watch this show called Are You Afraid of the Dark? And it was like a group of kids who got together at night around a bonfire and told scary stories. It was pretty much the best. This one episode, though, I always remember is that these two kids in this uh, afternoon, they found their way into the mall and they went into the arcade. And eventually they played for a while and saw that there was sort of an off-limits area in this back room where there were these off-limit games. Well, of course, they sneak into this back room and start playing this quote-unquote off-limits pinball machine, right? Because that's what we do. If something is off-limits for us, we become obsessed with that thing, with transcending our limitations. Anyway, they play this game for hours. And finally, not knowing how long they'd been there, they're like, we gotta get we gotta get home. So they come out, the mall's dark, everything's closed. It's like, what time is it? But soon they learn that they actually can't escape the mall. They can't get out. There's no way out. And soon they realize that it's not just the mall that they're trapped in, but they're actually trapped inside the game. While it may feel a bit odd, to make a Halloween episode about this. There's something about it that also feels extremely fitting. You see, October 31st is called Halloween, or as we might also call it, All Hallows Eve. Actually, similar, similar to Christmas Eve, it's the night before a Christian holiday. This particular holiday on our Christian calendar is All Saints Day, which is a Christian day of celebration that occurs on November 1st every single year around the world a day that we remember those who have come before us and those who have made us who we are today. Now, today, we definitely must confess there has occurred some syncretism over the centuries, right? Some melting together of cultures and traditions to eventually form modern-day Halloween. And much comes from Celtic traditions thousands of years ago where it was believed on this harvest celebration at the end of October the layer between the spirit world and the physical world was, well, thin. And long story short, centuries later, Christianity's uh, sort of world domination that, that occurred um, moved some dates around. And long story short, reshaped this celebration upon remembering the saints, which I'm sure there are some epic podcasts out there about 
So there's so much to unpack. But today what we get is carved out pumpkins and costumes and candy corn all in its spooky made for TV form. But here in this October 31st slash November 1st space, this Eve of the Saints, if there is still a semblance of this All Hallows Eve, this day of Halloween, when we feel it is an appropriate time to recognize, name, and point out some of the places where the layer is thin, where monstrous things lurk in our world today, well, this might be it. There's no shortage of environmental news that scares the socks off of us today. And I think if we're honest, we just try to avoid it most of the time because it's easier that way. We avoid it, not necessarily in the naive belief that it will just go away or not be there if we don't look like a kid pulling covers over her head, but more in the way of it all feels so big and we feel really pretty small most of the time. So why look anyway? Why put ourselves through that? Why? But what if I told you that we all have a part to play in this? And there are no parts that are small parts because every part actually matters. And just like anything else, the moment you start comparing and contrasting your part with everyone else's part, especially those who have seemingly, quote, more than you, you'll only ever live a paralyzed life. So here's the deal. We'll never be able to fully do our part unless we truly know what is at stake until we really understand the context, until we at least have some sort of grasp on what's occurring with God's beautiful creation today. And further, as Christians who are charged with stewardship of creation, it ought to be something we're very interested in. So in this effort, I like to take a pause and to open the closet door and see what kind of skeletons are in there. So a bit of a disclaimer, as with most things, here, there are small variable degrees of data on some of these statistics, but of course, I will do my best to share everything I know to be true and accurate as possible. And I'm also going to put links in the show notes of them, some of these things that I'm going to share with you right now. A handful of years ago, one of the things that scared me quite a lot was sitting on my couch, on my laptop, in the fall of 2018, reading the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Changes report, the IPCC. This is a group that isn't represented by one political party or one area or one country. Literally, these are climate scientists from all over the world, hundreds of them. And they gave a special report putting in perspective just how much we had altered our natural environment here on Earth. It's a grim report on how the world will be impacted as we surpass 1.5 degrees Celsius as 2.7 degree Fahrenheit temperature rise, and just how much time we have left to change things before, quote, a runaway chain reaction occurs. In this report, it was stated that we've got to cut our global emissions in half by 2030 and drawing it down completely by 2050. And that was just one report a few years ago. And these reports come out regularly. Here's some from the 2023 report. Human activities 
principally through emissions of greenhouse gases, have unequivocally caused global warming. Greenhouse gas emissions have continued to increase with unequal historic and ongoing contributions arising from unstable energy use, land use, and land use change, lifestyles, and patterns of consumption and production across regions, between and within countries, and among individuals. It goes on. Widespread and rapid changes in the atmosphere, ocean, cryosphere, and biosphere have occurred. Human-caused climate change is already affecting many weather and climate extremes in every region across the globe. This has led to widespread adverse impacts and related losses and damages to nature and people. Vulnerable communities who have historically contributed the least to current climate change are disproportionately affected. Of course, it goes on and on. This, my friends, is real-time data, measured and witnessed unfolding for decades now. Heat. We now see that since the 1980s, each decade has been warmer than the previous one, and this is expected to continue. The warmest seven years recorded have all been since 2015, the top three being 2016, 2019, and 2020. Just a couple of summers ago, 600 people lost their lives in a heat wave in British Columbia. Water. Just last month, ocean temperatures were also off the charts. Average sea surface temperatures reached the highest on record for September and the second highest on record for any month after August of this year. The oceans have now absorbed the majority of the temperature rise from the last 50 years and we're finally seeing the effects of it. Increasing water temperatures are affecting huge swaths of biodiversity that we depend on, along with increased acidification. And so now we are seeing coral reefs that are bleaching all over the world. Actually, just a few days ago, fisheries went out for the season to catch Alaskan snow crabs. And yet again, for this season, they found nothing. Over the last couple years, it's estimated that 10 billion snow crabs are just gone. Ice caps are melting, causing sea level rise. Just earlier this month, scientists have said that West Antarctica's vast ice sheet, which holds enough water to lift oceans by, quote, several meters, could be nearing a climate tipping point. Quote, our simulation suggests that we are now committed to a rapid increase in the rate of ocean warming and ice shelf melting for the rest of the century, end quote. Meanwhile, in places out west, for instance, drier conditions are becoming more dry, increasing temperatures leading to a trickle of what once was the Great Colorado River, all while more and more straws are being put in. Wetter environments are getting wetter. As seasonal rains come, massive rain dumpings are happening through intensified storms, causing these major flooding events. And then there's migration. We've recently seen somewhere between 22 and 24 million people migrating from their homes due to sudden onset weather events such as flooding 
intensified storms, fires, and droughts. The World Bank has estimated that by 2050, we will see 143 million more climate migrants from Latin America, Sub-Saharan Africa, and Southeast Asia. Our soil. One of the greatest threats we're facing is topsoil erosion. Desertification, it's called. This happens as soil is abused through certain agricultural practices that attempt to force crops to grow from overworked ground. And when this happens, nutrients are depleted. And when heavy rains come, it washes out. It is estimated that in the very near future, soil erosion could lead to big losses in crop production and remove as much as 75 billion tons of soils by 2050. By the way, it takes hundreds of years to rebuild inches of topsoil. Pesticides, single crop farming, and a myriad of other factors continue to affect honeybee colonies all over the world. Rainforests are being cut down for agricultural reasons, thousands of acres a day, affecting not only wildlife, but CO2 levels and atmospheric warming and weather patterns. But these terrors aren't just distant events, but they affect our lives even more than we realize. A recent Lancet study found that we now know that exposure to contaminated air, water, and soil take more lives than a high-sodium diet, obesity, alcohol, road accidents, or child and maternal malnutrition. These exposures produce three times as many deaths as AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria combined, and nearly 15 times as many deaths as war in all forms of violence. What we're talking about is just pollution in our air and water and soil and affects every one of our lives. It's actually estimated that each of us listening to this podcast right now likely has at least a credit card's worth of plastic inside of our body. Of course, we could go on. We now know that if every person in the world lived the way that people do just in the United States, it would take at least five planet Earths to provide enough resources for everyone. These are haunting images because none of us will escape this forbidden game we've played. What I mean is, we are all already affected, and even if we haven't yet connected all the dots. For you today, this might still sound like a bunch of facts or data or things that feel quite separate from you and your life. The scary part is when you realize it actually isn't at all, because our lives are intrinsically connected and tied with all of these things. All of creation, our lives, your life, our children's lives. Perhaps the scariest part for me is apathy. Is that we can hear these things and yet be unmoved and uncaring. I talk with people who work with Christians all over the world. They tell me that when they work with Christians in America, it's difficult because American Christians want to deny a lot of what is happening with God's creation, such as climate change and so on. But then as soon as they engage with believers in other parts of the world, whose food is in immediate crisis, islands are sinking, livelihoods and homes have been lost due to the very same things, they wonder why people on the other side of the world don't seem to care. To me, that is what is most frightening. Friends, I know that this is a hard 
and scary conversation. And some believe, honestly, that this is not helpful to talk about at all. Noting how despairing all of this is, how depressing it really is. And it does cause and can cause anxiety. And yes, climate anxiety is a real thing. But also, maybe part of the reason that we haven't gotten to work more than we have, that we haven't moved, we haven't got going on some of this, is because of the lack of proper grief. We haven't done as the Old Testament prophets have taught us to do, to stand and cry out at the injustice, properly grieving at that which is broken. Maybe we haven't allowed ourselves to sit and marinate on just what we are facing, how creation is groaning. Have you looked at it in the eye? Have you allowed yourself to be moved by it? Have you grieved any of this? Have you cried out at night to God? Those are all normal human responses. And in that they are, I'm going to say, quote, good responses. And that they are appropriate responses. And I'm also going to say that they are needed responses. That grieving and confessing are part of the necessary ingredients. They're a part of the human protocol of moving forward because we'll never work to heal anything we haven't properly grieved its wounds. You won't be able to fully deal with the wholeness if you haven't fully dealt with the brokenness. You won't be able to walk in the new way if you haven't repented from the old ways. So maybe today the layer is thin. Maybe the layers have always been thin, not just between the physical and the spiritual but also between despair and hope, between beauty and recreation and death and life. So moving into the light of All Saints Day, before we talk about hope later in part two, I invite you to take some time and sit here in the dark with me to look some hard and maybe scary things in the eye, to grieve some losses for creation and for ourselves to hold vigil in and on this sacred ground. Even as we know, what tonight looks like a graveyard becomes inaugural places of resurrection for us as the people of God. So friends, may you find yourself properly grieving all the ways in which our sins have taken root in the world today. How our overconsumption is harming God's good creation our brothers and sisters. And may your hearts be prepared for what's next to explore what it means to be a people of hope in the world. Today, in the wake of All Saints, All Hallows Day, may we remember those who have come before us and may we live our lives today faithfully and recognizing the many lives that come after us. Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. Micah 6. 7 through 9. Grace and peace, friends.